usually that's spirituality based, but for some, I just feel like this domestic violence thing and just like respecting and, and keeping yourself safe is such an important message. And yeah. if you want to share more stories, I do not mind that that's what this episode is because I feel like this is such a strong, purposeful time right now. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, I, have you ever encountered women who, who genuinely don't want to leave their relationship? More than I can even begin to tell you, um, because safe haven is, you know, completely about this and not everybody's ready. And it's so hard, you know, to, to see them go back to their abusers, but it's part of the process. Um, and it is so hard. Yes. There was a show, um, I can't, I think it's called Made on oh Netflix. Oh my gosh, yes, I watched it, yep. And uh, I know, I was just like, I, <laughs> I it, it's, it, it was a hard moment to be in watching that because I'm like, while the actual situation isn't representative of what I've gone through, the emotions that it brings up are and I had to take breaks in between and it is crazy to me how even being in you know the loving marriage that I'm in where I don't have to worry about that anymore yeah is still terrifying like those emotions are still there um I'd like to ask you a personal question if you're okay with it absolutely Um, do you still have nightmares or dreams about what you've gone through? Yes. Um, And I will tell you this, I don't have them as often as I used to. And I feel like it's because I do talk about my story now so much that I think I've already dealt with a lot of the pain. Um, But when there's any kind of turmoil in my life, like during the time I was moving and things weren't going right and just so much chaos, he showed up in my dreams. So my body automatically relates the the trauma he put me through in my life, even to today about anything, anything that's off course, I automatically dream about him. Um, I have that very similar experience and I have the same exact dream every single time. Oh, wow. I can tell you, I dream that I, that he has me in a brick house, that I'm in a basement of a brick house and it has a window on the outside, like on the floor level. And, um, you know, like one of those little window basement basement windows and that there's poles and I am handcuffed to a pole in this basement and that he's standing there and my husband is going around the building yelling for me and I can't speak. And every time I try to talk, I'm whispering and my husband is screaming, trying to get to me. And I, and my ex is just staring at me and, um, about they, the dreams had gone away. And then, um, about two and a half years ago, I was scrolling on Facebook And mind you, nobody that I like grew up with or anything like knew him. He was from a different town. I moved to a different town to be with him. Um, We had met online. And one of my Facebook friends who lives out of state posted, I I saw his mugshot, long story short, on Facebook. And I looked and um, he had just been 
arrested by a SWAT team at his apartment because he had kidnapped and imprisoned a teenage girl and was sexually assaulting her for days. Oh my gosh. And her friend knew that she had gone over there. And um, anyways, and I was, I threw up. I was so sick to my stomach. I was like, I can't believe that I've ever loved a person like this before. I can't believe that somebody this disgusting manipulated me. Mm. And since that happened, I get those dreams back. And it's the same as you where it's when things are like extremely like just funky when I'm really sick and I feel like my defenses are down. That's when the dreams come the most. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's like whenever you get any kind of weakness again, there they are. And that's so messed up. I, I am in shock at what you just told me though. I'm like, what? Like, Oh, I'm sorry you went through that. And I cannot believe what he was doing. I, I can't believe it. He was, I mean, it took him abusing my animal for me to leave. Yeah. It took him, um, he was, he was fighting me one night and we had rescued a pit bull and, um, the pit bull got in the middle of it and, and growled at him because he was hitting me and he picked the dog up and we were living in a trailer. He picked the dog up and threw the dog across the trailer and the dog pissed himself on my bed and um the next morning I woke up and I was like nope I'm not doing this anymore and I texted my friend Ryan and I was like hey I'm packing my things right now this is the address I need you to come and get me like I need you to come and get me right now and um I had my stuff packed when he woke up and I was hoping that she would be there before he got, before he woke up and she wasn't. And by the way, I've never shared this story before. So this is, um, anyways, um, I, my stuff was packed. Um, and I, he woke up and asked what I was doing. And I said that I was leaving. And so he starts calling his grandmother and his mom and he knew that Ryan was a woman, but he goes, yeah, someone named Ryan is coming right now. And so his mother drives to his house. She didn't get there by the time that I left. And his grandmother gets to the house. And while Ryan is circling, trying to find the house, she, it didn't have a number. She couldn't find the house. I see her outside. He's spitting on me and throwing Mm. things at me. And his grandmother is blocking the door so that I can't get out. Oh my gosh. And I, So I just have this, like, I don't, I don't like being, um, in places where people are near the door or, um, so I've always picked like the couch spot closest to the door because if I need to get away, I need to get away. And, um, I don't like being trapped in booths when we're like out eating or something. It gives me anxiety. (gasps) Me too. Oh my God. Keep talking. Um, yeah, that's just very um, he did crash my car and break his face and he did have to get um, a metal plate in his cheek. And I feel like that's karma. And yeah. I'm very grateful that that happened. <laughs> yeah. Like I totally get it. Yeah. I, I mean, holy crap. Yeah. As you're saying um, that you don't like being in, in on the inside of a booth, I hate it. Um, and I know that when I sleep, I have to sleep toward closest to the door. Yep. Like in the bed or on the couch. I didn't even think about these things until you're saying this. I'm like, 
that makes complete sense how it would all just wrap up in one little present like that's all together how wild Uh, thank you for like sharing your story I mean I know it's not easy and it brings up so many emotions and you know this is a prime example of what safe haven's about you know people come to us and and tell us and you know, and most of the time they're currently living it. Um, so we do everything in our power to help them get out of it. Um, and like you've said earlier, not everybody's ready. And that is the hardest part. Um, especially when they're, you know, super close to you and you've tried to help them multiple times and they keep going back to their abusers. It's so hard to watch and, you know, you're still there for them and you're still a phone call away, but it is hard being on the opposite side of it. (sighs) I can only imagine, like, I just want to save everybody, so. Yeah, me too. I want to put them all in a little, like, safekeeping right here with us, you know, like, it's hard, but, um, you know, I it is good that people know they can come to us and talk to us, and, you know, it, yes, it breaks our heart when we have to release them back, because they're adults, so there's nothing we can do, but um, we are listening ear, you know? Yeah, and abuse is hard, too, because you're, I, I don't know. I, I'm going to say this like it's a definitive statement and correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like abusers are never abusive a hundred percent of the time. Oh, they're not. Abusers are beautiful people when things are going right and they know exactly what you need to hear to make you feel like you are loved and like you are the most special thing. And, um, you know, signs for me of somebody is abusive is, um, controlling is not cute Uh the I just love her so much that like oh you're talking to so-and-so that's not a cute look no and that leads into when someone feels like you are their property they and they treat you like you are their property they will again they'll treat you like you're their property I I didn't decide that you could leave the house I didn't decide this Mm -hmm. I don't like the way that you are talking to my friends or the way that you are looking to my friends and all of a sudden it's it's my fault because if I hadn't worn those shorts if I hadn't looked at his friend if I yeah if I, if I, if I, uh-huh. instead of, if he wasn't an insecure asshole with a small dick, he wouldn't care what exactly, I was doing. Exactly, girl. Yes. Cause you do, <laughs> they, they turn it around on you. Like it's your fault. It's like, I'm sitting here thinking about one stupid scenario that was part of this relationship. If you want to call it that, um, he had gone to work and I got home work. I get, I got home, I guess like two or three hours earlier from work than he did. And I was at the computer. This was, <laughs> I'm going to show my age for a minute. Um, this was back when you had to download music like on LimeWire to make CDs. Yes. Okay. So, you know, that shit took forever, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> so anyway, I'm sitting there downloading one song for like two hours. And it it's music that he didn't um, approve of. So he walks in and I'm listening. I think it was like Snoop Dogg or something, you know, like just something he totally, yes. <laughs> just totally jamming and he comes up to me and he's like who the fuck do you think you are listening to this bullshit in my house and he literally threw me out of the chair for listening (gasps) to a Snoop Dogg song Snoop Dogg Mm -hmm. yeah that's because he didn't like it I wasn't allowed to listen to rap like really I look back now and I'm like dude I want to ran you over with that freaking chair like screw you but that's like that's what we're talking about like these minor things 
set them off. I mean, just they go into a whole other realm of crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, look for the signs, you know, because they're there. Uh, they start out as like a knight in shining armor. They're perfect. They cater to you. They, like you said, they flaunt you around everybody. And then all of a sudden it's like, you can't wear that. You can't, you can't look like that. You can't dress like that. You don't need to talk to this friend. They're bad news. You screw your family. They don't love you. Like, it's just this whole, like, checklist of things they go through. And they're all the same. Yes. And also, I think that this is why I tell women all of the time to be a complete person before you start dating somebody. Yes. Um, Because once you are, like, completely secure in who you are and what you're doing and what your purpose is, you attract somebody who is the same way. And I'm fortunate because in my situation, that was not the case. Um, My husband and I met when we had both left relationships. Um, My last relationship had been the abusive relationship and I had a year gap in between. And actually, I don't even think it was a full year. I think it was about eight, nine months. And um, he had left his daughter's mother and was actually living with her mom at the time. And we were broken people. Um, But there were things like I was always able to be whoever I was. I've been I've been a hundred different versions of myself since we've been together because I was I had just turned 19 when we started dating. Wow. And he already had a child. And so, you know, my whole adulthood has been being a stepmom. Um, so I had, you know, to navigate being a teenager, then being a girlfriend, then being a stepmom, then being a wife, then being, you know, a birth mother and now a businesswoman and an entrepreneur and just all of these different aspects. And even though I wasn't a complete person, I knew who I was and what I was willing to accept and what I wasn't. And I think that that is so important for women to be doing before they're getting into a relationship with somebody. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, a hundred percent agree with you because if you cannot be who you truly are and love yourself, you are never going to be loved correctly or loved correctly because you don't understand you. You don't even know what you want. So you yeah. don't even know what you want is like, if we could sum this all up in one sentence, that's what it would be. Yeah. It's so true because you'll accept anything because you don't even know what it is that you truly want in your life. So how has, now that you have learned, um, about, about God and you have found this faith, I want to know how that has contributed to how you are healing yourself and how you're healing these other women. I feel like once I understood God, the way that I truly believe he is, it made me more open to everything around me, um, it made me more aware of people's feelings, emotions, empath, if you will. I guess that's kind of something I always had that didn't really have, like tune into that because I was told not to. You know how that goes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I kind of feel like I'm more in tune now with what people need. And everyone that I talk to will always tell you, you're so comfortable to talk to. Um, you're so easy to talk to. I feel like I can tell you anything. And that's what that's I feel like it's because of what I've been through. Um, I hope that makes any sense at this point. (laughs) I'm like, my brain is all over the place. It does. You've found an unconditional love with 
with God and with finding that connection. And so now you are able to exude that into other people and give them that same kind of love that you feel. Yes. Thank you. Those words that, yep. Um, <laughs> I'm like, wow. Cause I'll just so many emotions running through me right now. So many, so many things that we've already discussed. It's like, wow. Um, I know. But yeah, I, I definitely feel like, you know, accepting what's happened was like the hardest thing because you just kind of push it off into this compartment that you lock up and pretend it didn't happen well because let's be real when you go through that you feel stupid you feel weak you feel ashamed um I don't know about you but my two very best friends at the time they called out my abuse when I was in it and I was so mad that they called that out um, I, you haven't even met him. You don't know. He can be a great person when things mm-hmm. are really good yep. and distance themselves because they couldn't handle me being in pain. And even though I never discussed it, they just knew me so well that they knew. They and, knew. Yeah. Yep. and then afterwards having to do, you know, the, the walk of shame and be like, you were right. I was getting my fucking ass kicked and yep. You walked, you know, those people walking away makes you see like this shit's really fucked up and like people aren't going to support it because it's wrong. Absolutely. There were so many people in school that just quit talking to me. And I mean, I talk to them now in my life, but they were like, I hope you know that we just couldn't watch it anymore. And now that I'm on the other side of it, on their side of it, I get it. It is so hard to you just want to like shake this person yourself and be like, what are you doing? You are worth so much more than this. Like, this is not, this is not your worth. Like, get away from this piece of shit and find who you are. Or, you know what? Ooh, and when kids are involved, oh, God. That just, that's a whole other, that's a whole other scenario. Um, because the kids didn't sign up for that. They don't deserve that. I am a huge true crime freak, as you know. Yes. <laughs> and um, there was this one call. So there was this, I got goosebumps as I talk about it. Um, cause I just, I just can't imagine. Um, there was this episode where, um, they had a 911 call. Um, and this was on the crime junkie podcast and these kids, they had to be like four or five called the police and they're screaming, he's hitting my mom. He's, and they're screaming, please leave her alone. Please leave her alone. She won't wake up. And this guy was just still going in front of these children. And it, when you hear things like that, it really makes you be like, wow, you know, like the shit day that I'm having that I think is a shit day is nothing. This little small argument that I'm having with my husband and I feel like he's such a fucking asshole right now is nothing. Right. And not to make anybody else's problems, like just like seem small and insignificant, but there are people who, who grow up like this for generations and we're just now starting to discuss things like this. Um, but for generations, women have been there to have sex with, cook for, clean for, do for men and that, and be treated however they're going to treat you, cheat on you, do you dirty. And in so many situations, it's still a generational thing happen that children right now are seeing happen to their parents and they will live with and, and do next. It's disgusting. It's got to stop. I mean, 
you know, you hear people say, well, I can change it. Well, you have to. I mean, I cannot, oh, you know, and I know my abuser is married with a, with a daughter now. And I'm thinking, oh, gosh, like, oh, uh, if he, you know what I mean? Like, I don't really want to think about it. I just pray like that he, something changed in him and he's not hurting this little girl. I, I, yeah. I like to hope that people can develop and do better. Yeah. And I have to hold on to that because I, I mean, my ex clearly didn't, he just moved, you know, stayed in the same age bracket and started, you know, kidnapping him. Um, it was still disgust me. I just can't get past it. Um, but I, I have to hope that there, you know, that there's some level of immaturity. I know I did things as an immature person who didn't know how to love others. And I hope that just for his soul, that he self-developed and that he has a different relationship now with a wife and a child. Absolutely. I, yeah, I a hundred percent agree with you. I mean, we have to hold on to that, right? (laughs) Something. I mean, that's, I think that sometimes that's the only way to get through nightmares you're yeah that's true yeah is is to hope that you know they're not that person and that the person that you're dreaming about is dead yes absolutely um i would love to talk outside of here about how um we can work hand in hand with safe haven and the podcast um i think that what you're doing is incredibly beautiful it's important it's needed um you stand for all of the same values that I do. Even if we practice spirituality differently, this is the pure example of just going out with the message of love and supporting each other as women and sisterhood. And um, you're, I mean, sisterhood is what you are doing with safe Haven. And so um, I'd love to talk outside of this. I will put everything in the show notes Um And I just, I want to know if there's anything else before we wrap up that you want somebody to take away from your episode today. Most certainly um, take away that if you're in the midst of this storm, there is a way out. Um, There's hope. There's people you can reach out to. There's communities. There's, there's so many different ways to get out of that situation. You know, Diana and I are examples of that. You know, we got out and we got out alive and we want that for you too. Um, and also just love each other, (laughs) like stop throwing hate and shame on people. And, you know, I know that's kind of, well, it was the reason I came on, but this took (laughs) off where it needed to go. And I, I love every minute of it. And I think that, like you said, this was what was supposed to happen. So if you're listening, you know, just please know that you're not alone. I would also like to add that if you heat up hot oil on the stove to a very hot temperature and throw it on somebody, it will injure them and they won't be able to hit you. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying you should do it. I'm just uh, saying huh? that's a good oil, thing to write that down. <laughs> hot oil on the stove, you just right in the face, run out yep. your front door, go and get some help. Yes. That is my, my message for the day. <laughs> Whatever it takes, get out, <laughs> in other words. And that's a good one. <laughs> And then contact Safe Haven so that they can help you with resources. Absolutely. You got it. Well, Jess, my love, I appreciate you so much. I am super grateful for you. I just want to thank you for sharing your story, being so vulnerable. I know that this 
this took a left turn with it not being about spirituality anymore, but I feel like it all tied in together and the message um, is just to fucking save these women and sisterhood and, and lean on the people around you when you need them. And I, I'm just so grateful for your time and, and sharing that story. Thank you for having me. This has been wonderful. You are welcome. Well, you have the best night. You too. All right. Bye. Bye.